chapter 15, in which we begin our second journey. I slept not a wink that night. The smell of burning timber seemed to engulf the entire lake. Its bitterness filled my nostrils as I wriggled and writhed on the floor of the ship. The edges of the planks seemed to push into me, no matter how I positioned myself. Eventually, I gave up and watched the moon float across the star-filled sky. I was surprised by how steady the ship was. It cut through the water as effortlessly as a knife through butter. Silently, we carved through the water, black under the night sky. Manka stood hooded at the stern of the ship, silhouetted against a sea of stars to make her look more like a statue towering above us than just a mere goblin. Handown sat close to her, leaning lazily against the barrel. Mother, meanwhile, lay a foot or so from me, staring resolutely up at the stars in the sky. So it was that as we sailed away from Harford across the great lake towards the Schwer, I realised I had never felt so alone. Gradually the stars began to fade away as the eastern horizon slowly started to lighten. An hour or so later the sun started to peek over the trees that lined the lake and finally rose up into the sky, banishing the darkness. I lifted myself from the hardwooden floor, shuffled over to the side of the ship, and peered out at the distant coast. It must have been miles away. The trees that no doubt would have towered over our ship, masts and all, seemed smaller than a fingernail. Looking higher still, I noticed quite how huge the sky was out here in the middle of the lake, stretching all around us. It seemed, as I looked at it, that it had in fact stretched too far and started to tear in the middle, leaving huge white clouds and silence to fill the gaps between. Quite something, isn't it? Handelm's grunt took me by surprise. He was starting light of foot when he wanted to be. Still angry at him for his deceit, I shrugged indifferently, unwilling to engage him in conversation. The sky, that is, Handelm grumbled on. I've never seen a sky like this before. Size! The sheer magnificence of it! He seemed to be talking to himself now, his voice more of an absent-minded mumble than his usual grumble. Major thing was flies to wanton boy and time is all there stretching back to the beginning on on to what what are you talking about i asked crossly so confused by his ramblings that i forgot i wasn't talking to him i'm just thinking about an old friend and outside a philosopher a filler what he chuckled. A philosopher. It's a fancy word. It means someone who thinks about things. Don't we all think about things? He chuckled again. Yeah, yeah, I suppose we do. I guess it's what they think that makes them different. <sighs> they come up with different thoughts, different ideas. He paused before adding. Or maybe they're just cleverer than the rest of us. That sounds like my father, I said, staring at the horizon as I spoke. The first bit, that is, not the second bit. Yeah, I suppose it does. Wait, do you know him? I asked, startled. No, uh, no, I don't, Handown answered hastily. So how do you know that it sounds like him? I asked, turning to look at Handown's gold eyes. I, I've heard of your father. Some of his ideas travel a long way. What ideas? 
Handan's mouth opened and closed several times, but no words came out. Luckily for him, he was saved from having to find the words by Manka shouting from beneath her hood. Dwarf, child, we need breakfast. Lines are in the barrel. Bait too. Irritated at our conversation being erupted, I did as I was told and followed Handan's instructions. Baiting the lines, casting the lines, reeling in the lines. In no time at all, Mother was provided with a fish to be deboned, while Handown sat about lighting a fire in an empty barrel at the bow of the ship. And all the while, the silence was filled by Handown's words about my father's ideas, playing over again and again in my mind. What ideas had my father had? Had he been a fellow thing? Was that why they had taken him away? How had Handown, a dwarf, heard about a goblin's ideas? Had Handown really not known my father? Had Manka heard of my father's ideas? Had Manka heard of my father full stop? Had Manka met my father? Had she known him even? How did Mother and Manka know one another? Why were they so uncomfortable with one another? I had never seen my mother treat anyone the way she treated Manka. All these thoughts rebounded around my head. I wondered if this was how filler things felt. If it was, I wanted no part of it. So wrapped up in my thoughts was I that I barely tasted the smoked fish as I nibbled away at it. So wrapped up in my thoughts was I that I was completely oblivious to Handown's furtively whispered conversation with my mother, oblivious to the visible frustration that crossed her face and the embarrassment that crossed Handown's, oblivious to the keenness with which Manka watched their conversation. A strange expression of hunger seemed to have been painted across her face as mother and Handel whispered to one another about my father's ideas. But I was too wrapped up in my own thoughts about my father to listen. I didn't know what irony was then, but I do now, and that was ironic.